You're listening to the Grace Church Podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to bringing you biblical guidance to life's most important issues. We want to thank you for joining us for this week's message. We pray you find strength and encouragement as we learn from God's truth together. For more information, go to visitgracechurch.com. What is up, Grace Church? It is so good to be with you. My name is Kent. I have the great pleasure of serving uh, Grace as our pastor for the Olathe campus. And I'm glad to be with you here today. Glad to be able to share some things out of God's word today. We're just going to jump right in. Uh, how many of you guys, I've got, a, I've got a word of encouragement for you to start with. You guys, how many of you guys could use a word of encouragement? A couple of people could use a little bit of encouragement. Okay, so here it is. And we're going to be, I'm going to give you this word like throughout our time. So just, you know, don't have to write it down. You're going to hear it a lot. God has greater things in store for you. God has greater things in store for you. And I don't, don't, it doesn't matter how you came in today. It doesn't matter whether you're struggling with something or whether life's just been a mess recently, or maybe you're just doing great and God is already doing great things. I can promise you this. God has even greater things in store for you. Now, I know this is true because of the promises that we have in Scripture, but I also know this is true just from the experience of my own life. I've kind of learned this over the course of my lifetime. Uh, You know, when I was 19 years old, my life was was a disaster. It was a mess. I was in sin. I was without God. I was without hope. I was purposeless. I was directionless. The only really good thing I had going in my life at that time was my then fiance, now wife of over 30 years, Kim. Uh, But other than that, it was just a mess. But God saw my life. And he said, man, I've got something greater in store for you. And what he had was a brand new life. He gave me a new life. I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ at 19, and he gave me a brand new life in Christ, one that was no longer characterized by hopelessness and darkness, but one that was characterized by joy and redemption and salvation and forgiveness. That was my new life, and it was awesome. I had something greater, but I soon realized that, man, we've just begun. God had even greater things in store. Not not only was he going to save my soul, he was actually going to teach me how to be a follower of Jesus. He was going to make me a disciple. And he brought people into my life, and I gave them permission to start working with me and showing me things of Scripture and teaching me what it meant to follow Jesus, and a brand new world just opened up for me. And it was incredible. It was amazing. But guess what? God had even greater things in store for me. Not only was I going to be a disciple of Jesus and learn about him and follow him and discover his great love for me, but I was going to be able to share that with somebody else. I not only got to be a disciple, I got to make disciples of Jesus. Even greater. And through the course of my life, there have been different iterations of how I've been able to make disciples of Jesus, and it's been incredible. I've been able to lead uh, uh, various teams in the church. I've been able to be ordained and actually pastor in God's church. I've been involved in a church plant. Uh, I've done mission trips. Um, Now I'm involved in this incredible church planting movement here at Grace Church, and I promise you, I'm right in the throes of this thing, but I guarantee you that even as great as this is, There's something greater waiting for me. I'm right on the cusp of something greater. God has greater things in store for you. Now, this is my story. It's different than your story. But God has a kingdom purpose in mind for each one of us here today. He has a kingdom purpose in mind for us. He has greater things in store. Now, when I say greater things, I want you to get that straight. I'm not talking about greater wealth or greater health 
or greater position, greater status, greater possessions. Those aren't the things that I'm talking about. Those are temporal things. Those are earthly things. I'm speaking of kingdom things. I'm talking about eternal things. I'm talking about things that outlast this life, things that impact lives for eternity, things that make Jesus famous in this world and give him glory forever. Those are the things that I'm talking about. God has greater things in store for us. And we've been coming through the book of Exodus for several weeks now. It's been incredible. We've looked at this story in the book of Exodus, and we've seen how this story in the book of Exodus is actually a reflection of our spiritual journey. It's a picture of our spiritual journey with the Lord. And we are all at different places in our journey. And you may be here today, and you've not even begun that journey. Maybe you don't have a relationship with God. You're not a a Jesus follower. You were invited to church today, so we're glad that you're here. Maybe this is your first time in a church at all. Uh, So your journey spiritually hasn't begun. Or maybe you're 50 years down the road in walking with the Lord. Your journey's way down the road. Wherever the case, wherever you may be in your journey, your, your promise from God is there's greater things for you. And what I've discovered in my journey is that uh, greater things have to do with empowerment. The key to greater things is empowerment. In fact, that's our big idea for the day. So if you're taking notes and you want to write things down, uh, the big idea for the day is that empowerment positions us for greater things. Empowerment positions us for greater things. So let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll unpack our big idea. Father, we love you. God, we just, you're so cool. You're so good. You're so awesome, Lord, the way that you just give us your love and your grace. God, thank you that we can celebrate you, that we can worship you. Thank you, God, that there are greater things in store. And I know that we've all come today in different places in life. We're all dealing with different things. But God, I pray that we can all be encouraged today that you have greater things in store. So Lord, would you meet us right in the place of our need, wherever that is. Bless us with your presence. Convict us if need be. Challenge us. Strengthen us. We ask you to do all of that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we are going to be in the book of Exodus, chapter number 18. So if you need a Bible, if you need a pen or a service handout so you can take some notes, uh, just lift up your hand. Someone will be coming by soon to get you taken care of. Now, Exodus 18 is an odd chapter to me. Um, It's one of those chapters that leaves you asking, or at least it left me asking, uh, why was this included in the story? I mean, up to this point, Exodus, uh, the book of Exodus, the first 17 chapters that we've been looking at have been like an action adventure movie. I mean, it has been epic. It's been crazy. It's been Lord of the Rings style, Star Wars epic. I mean, we've seen plagues and we've seen deliverance. We've seen pillars of fire and pillars like a cloud of glory. We've seen uh, Red Seas parting and chariots being drowned. We've seen water from rocks, manna from heaven. I mean, it's been a freak show. It's been awesome. And then we get to 18, and all of a sudden it turns into an indie film. It's like a lot of dialogue, and at the end of it, you're just kind of like, what? what was that about? At least that's the way indie films sometimes leave me. But I promise you that God has something for us. And any time that you uh, run across a passage of Scripture where um, it leaves you a little curious as to why that might have been in there, uh, just know that there's usually something deeper there. There's usually something beneath the surface. It's not just a story to try to connect you from point A to point B. God is trying to teach us something. So let's find out what that is in chapter 18. We're going to jump right in. Chapter 18, verse number 1. So it says there that Jethro, 
the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law. Let me just stop right there and remind us that little context. Remember, uh, Moses, he killed an Egyptian and he fled out into the, the wilderness, fled out into the desert. When he got out there, he found some women who were by a well feeding their flocks and he helped those ladies out. Come to find out, these, these ladies were the daughters of a guy named Jethro. And Jethro was so appreciative of what Moses had done for his daughters that he gave one of his daughters to be Moses' wife. This was a woman named Zipporah. So then Moses lived with Zipporah, his wife, and Jethro, his father-in-law, had two kids, and they lived out in the desert for 40 years. So this is who Jethro is. Now, Jethro, it says he was a priest of Midian. The Midianites were a culture who were idol worshipers. And uh, so not only was Jethro an idol worshiper, he was a priest of idol worshipers. He actually helps other people worship false gods. So this is who Jethro was, all right? And it says that Moses' father-in-law heard of all that God had done for Moses and for Israel, his people, and how that the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. Now, just so you know, the things that were going on with Egypt and Israel, they weren't happening in a vacuum. It wasn't in a bubble. Nations were hearing about this. Jethro had heard rumor of all the great things that the Lord had done. If you skip down to verse number five, it says, Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and with his wife to Moses. Uh, This is Moses' wife and sons. In the wilderness where he encamped at the mountain of God. Now, the rest of the chapter, we're going to see what took place during Jethro's visit to Moses. And really two major things happen. Uh, There are two events recorded for us. The first one is in verses 6 through 12. And we're not going to camp out here, but I want to let you know what happened there just for point of reference. But the first thing we see is that Moses shares with Jethro all the details of what God had been doing. So Jethro had heard the rumors, but when he got there and met uh, Moses, he's like, man, tell me everything that God's done. And Moses begins to explain to him all the miracles that God has been doing for the nation of Israel. Now, when Jethro hears this, he freaks out. He starts worshiping God. He's like, blessed be the Lord. This is a pagan idol worshiper, by the way, a priest of pagan idol worshipers. Blessed be the Lord. And he starts praising the Lord. And he says, now I know that the Lord is the God of heaven. He he acknowledges that God is God and that all these little gods aren't God and this God. And he actually sacrifices to the God of Israel. Now, this isn't my, we're not going to camp here, like I said, but this is my point, but I just want to make a point, and that's this. Moses had a God story, a God story of God doing great things in his life, and he shared that story. When he shared that story, you know what it did? It empowered somebody else to worship. You have a God story? You have a God story of God doing greater things in your life, and are you sharing it? Because it might impact someone else. It might cause someone else to actually worship the Lord. That's an awesome passage. Go back and look at that. We're not going to talk about it anymore today, but that's, that's very cool. Okay, the second thing that we see Jethro doing with Moses in this visit is that he gives advice to Moses. So after hearing the story, after sacrificing, they have a good night's sleep. They get up the next day. We jump down to verse number 13, and this is what it says. The next day, Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood around Moses from morning till evening. And when Moses, uh, when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, what is this that you're doing for the people? And why do you sit alone and all the people stand around you from morning till evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, well, because the people come to, uh, to me to inquire of God. And when they have a dispute, they come to me and I decide between one person and the other and make them know the statutes of God and his laws. I want to pause there for a second. I just want you to get appreciation of what Moses' days had become. 
All right, here's a guy who's leading this triumphant nation of Israel out of all the bondage and doing, leading them through all these miracles, and he's hitting rocks and water's coming out of him. He's doing all these things, and now it's been reduced to this. Dude wakes up in his tent in the morning, grabs a cup of coffee, kisses his wife, pats the boys on the head, walks out of the tent flap, comes and sits down, and has a line of people waiting to give them their problems. This is what he does day in and day out, from morning till evening. He deals with people's stuff all day long. And when Jethro sees this, this is what he says in verse number 17. He says, Moses and father-in-law said to him, what you're doing is not good. <laughs> this, I don't know what this is, but I know it's not good. This isn't good. You and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out, for the thing is too heavy for you. You're not able to do it alone. Now obey my voice and I will give you advice and God be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God. And then he goes on to tell them, here's how you need to, you need to delegate some of your authority. You need to choose out some able men who can be over thousands and over hundreds and over fifties and over tens. Pick some guys out that you can delegate some of your authority to, that they can share the burden with you. And he says, if you jump down to verse number uh, 22, he says, and let them, these leaders over all these people, let them judge the people at all times. Every great matter they shall bring to you and any small matter they shall decide themselves. So it will be easier for you and they will bear the burden with you. And if you do this, God will direct you and you will be able to endure. And this people also will go to their place in peace. So Moses listened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he said. So what was Jethro's advice? And for those of you who are old enough uh, to be Beverly Hillbillies fans, this name is completely ruined for us. Sorry, but whatever. All right, what was Jethro's advice? It was this. It was empowerment. You need to empower some people. You need to look for able men who will be able to bear this burden with you. Empower others with some of your authority. Empower others to help you out. Now, with that in mind, I just want to share with you a few thoughts concerning empowerment around our passage. And the first one is this. Empowerment equals permission. Empowerment equals permission. Empowerment is giving authority or power to someone else in your life. It is giving permission to others either to support you in some way or permitting them to take some of your influence and your authority to bless them. And in turn, maybe blessing ourselves. It's giving someone the right. It's empowering others. This life journey that we're all on, whether it's a spiritual journey for you right now or not, the life journey that we're all on, can I just tell you, you cannot do it alone. Now, I'm probably telling you something you've already figured out, but you can't do it alone. It's funny how many times we forget this. You can't make it on your own. We need to empower people, especially if you're a God follower, especially if you're trying to follow Jesus. We need to give others permission to enter into our lives and support us in the journey. You can't walk down this path by yourself. Empowerment is the key to greater things. You want greater things in your life than it's going to require you to empower other people. Let's face it, if you are on a spiritual journey, if you've, if you've been walking with Jesus, if you're a God follower, you started that journey in empowerment. You started your spiritual journey by empowering God to save your soul. You gave God permission to enter into your life and take over. 
Now, God doesn't just steal our souls away. He doesn't just save you without you giving him permission. We have to invite him in. And when we invite him in, that's when he takes over. You started your spiritual journey. I started it at 19 by surrendering to God and saying, God, here I am. I have no power of my own. I can't do this on my own. I can't make it. I'm giving you permission to be my Savior and my Lord. Empowerment is how we start our our spiritual journey. Empowerment is how we we become a disciple of Jesus. We give permission to other people to come into our life and say, hey, man, let me help you out. Let me show you what this Jesus thing is all about. Let me show you what it's like to walk with the Lord. We invite, we give permission to other people to come alongside and help us in the journey. It's empowerment. Empowerment is how we make disciples. It's what Jesus did. Jesus gave his life away. He shared his authority. He used his power and his influence to help others know God and to support them on their journey. Empowerment. That's how we make disciples. Do you realize that Grace Church has this gigantic, huge, amazing dream See, we have a dream because our vision here at Grace is to help everyone become an outward-focused follower of Christ. To sum that up, our vision here at Grace is to make disciples. And we believe that one of the most effective ways to make disciples is to plant churches. That's a model that we see in Scripture. So we have this big dream of planting 100 churches in the next 20 years. Actually, we have this big dream to plant 99 churches in the next 19 years. Yeah, because we already got one. And we got more on the way, and we're excited, and that is a huge dream. Can I just tell you that Tim, Pastor Tim, our Moses, he cannot do it alone. He can't do it by himself. We can't. There aren't just a few people that can make this happen. Your pastoral team can't make this happen. The staff of Grace Church can't make this happen. We need to empower volunteers to help us accomplish this great dream that God has given us. We need volunteers who are willing to say, yeah, I'll take thousands and I'll take hundreds and I'll go out and be church planners. We need volunteers over tens who will say, you know what? I'll I'll be over a a grace group, our serving team. Volunteers over 50s that says, yeah, I'll lead a portion of the ministry. Volunteers over ones. People who are willing to say, you know what? I've got a life in Christ. I'm willing to share that with one other individual to make disciples of Christ. We can't do it on our own. We need help. We can only accomplish the great things that God has through us as we do it as a collective. There's synergy in that. You see, God has greater things in store for Grace Church. And God has greater things in store for you. The key is empowerment. We have to give people permission. So empowerment is, is, is permission. Here's a second thought. Empowerment equals potential. Empowerment equals potential. Now, to help explain what I mean by that, I want to use a tool. It's called uh, the Johari Window. The Johari Window. Some of you might be familiar with this. Uh, The Johari Window was a tool created by psychologists Joseph Luft and Harrington Ingham uh, back in 1955. They actually named it after their first names, Joe and Harry. That's how we got Johari. I don't know. But anyway, I'm not kidding. That's what they really did. Um, So, to help, they, they, they developed this tool to help uh, develop a, a level of self-awareness and relational growth with the people that they were working with. So um, this graphic actually represents a window into our lives. 
and the four quadrants represent different areas into our lives. So I just want to take a moment, explain what these mean, and then we'll uh, talk, about it, talk about it a little bit further. First of all, you've got the quadrant on the far left and top. Uh, that's our lives. That represents the part of us that is openly shared with everyone. It's our current reality. It's our now. It's who we are right now. It represents the part of our lives that we know about us and that everybody else knows about us, our current reality. Next to that, uh, in the upper right, you've got something that's pretty obvious, blind spots. This is what others can see about us that we can't see about ourselves. This is what others know that we don't know. And then underneath our lives in the bottom left is a thing called hidden things. Now, these are the things about me that I know that I don't want you to know. (laughs) These are hidden things. These are secrets. Sometimes these are just, they could be sin. Uh, Maybe it's shame, maybe it's wounds or pain or guilt or fear or insecurity or loss or failure. could be a number of things, but we want to keep those down. In fact, sometimes the things that we know about us that we say to ourselves, if others knew this about me, they wouldn't love me. I got to keep this down. Hidden things. Sometimes there are things so deeply hidden within our subconscious that they're even hidden to us. They're even hidden to us. And can I just tell you, if you are a Jesus follower, if you're a God follower, that this space, the hidden things of our life, that's where your enemy loves to work. He loves to take lies. He loves to take wounds. He loves to take your pain. And he likes to use it against you to keep you from finding your full potential in Christ. Which brings us to our next box, by the way. Unknown potential. Unknown potential. These are the things that are only known by God until they're discovered by us. These are the greater things. Now, we all have blind spots. We all have hidden areas in our hearts and in our lives, and they limit us from our full potential in Christ. And they may be limiting other people around us. Remember what Jethro said to Moses? He said, look, you are going to wear yourself out, and you're going to wear the people out. This is not only affecting you. It's affecting them. And it may be that we've got stuff limiting our potential, and it's not only affecting us. It's affecting the people around us. Let's talk about blind spots for a minute. I think Moses had some blind spots seems obvious from the story. Uh, He was so buried in details that he wasn't effectively leading the people where God was trying to take them. God wanted to take them to some greater things, but he was stuck. He was kind of buried in the details. He lacked the uh, self-awareness. He lacked self-awareness and others' awareness, by the way. He couldn't see that he was wearing himself out or wearing the people out. There were greater things God wanted to accomplish, but he was too busy trying to figure out, you know, whose goat belonged to who. And where's the tent property line? I don't know. Who gets the water rights? I don't know. Tap a rock. I, I, I don't know. I got, he's trying to figure all this stuff out. And God's trying to take them to greater things. Can you relate with me here? Do we get so buried sometimes in the weeds and we've lost our self-awareness? We've lost others' awareness. We're just tunnel vision. We often limit our potential due to a lack of self-awareness and we get stuck and we can't see. And if we can't see, we can't grow. We can't change what we can't see because I can't see this. <laughs> But you can see this, and you can tell me, Kent, your, <laughs> your hand's on your head. What's up? You can, we need people in our lives. We need Jethro's in our lives who can come along and say, look, man, what you're doing isn't good. We need people that we trust that can come and say, hey, man, you got, you got something right there. You get that. You got something in your teeth right there. No, the other side. We need people like that, people that Jethro's who can say, what you're doing isn't good. Hey, this thing you got going on in your marriage, this isn't good. How you're treating your kids, that's not good. How you're handling this relationship that you have, this isn't good. What you're doing at work and the way you're trying to represent Christ, this isn't good. 
We need trusted people in our lives that we give permission to that can say those type of things and point out our blind spots to us. We need some Jethro's. We need some Jethro's. Have you empowered others to help you with your blind spots? Because when blind spots decrease, potential for greater things increases. You know, my wife does this for me. She's great. She's my God-given helper. She helps me with my blind spots so I can move into the greater potential that God has for me. So I can experience the greater things. And I do that for her. Do you have somebody like that? Who's your Jethro that helps you with your blind spots? How about your hidden things? Let's talk about that for a second. Are hidden things. I believe Moses also had some hidden things that might have been limiting his potential. Moses had somehow come to the conclusion that he needed to be in control of everything. He needed to be a part of every decision that was being made. Now, where did that come from? How did he get that idea? Maybe something hidden inside of him was driving him to that conclusion. Maybe there was something inside. Maybe it was just simply pride. Maybe there was just pride in Moses. And he, 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 he thought things like, hey, if no one can do this like I can do this. If I don't do it, no one will, no one will do it. If I, you know, if I want it done right, I'm going to have to do it myself. Those types of thoughts. Maybe he just took pleasure in being the guy. <laughs> I'm the guy. Everybody comes to me. I'm the one with all the answers, man. I'm the guy that's going to help you out. Maybe it was that. Maybe it was just self-reliance over God-reliance. Not trusting the Lord. Those are all forms of pride. Maybe it was pride. Maybe it wasn't pride. Maybe what was hidden in him was fear. Maybe it was fear. Control is a way in which we try to cover our insecurities and our fears. It's how we try to escape the reality that we're not really in control of anything. You control freaks out there, you know what I'm talking about. When you when it sparks up and you feel like you're losing control and some, there's something inside of you, there's a hidden fear or insecurity, you grab on even tighter. I need to control this. I need to be over this. And it's fear that's driving us. Maybe he feared that people would consider him to be a weak leader. I can't have people thinking I'm weak. I need to be in this. I need to be a part of every single thing that's going on. Maybe it was fear. Perhaps it was a deep need for affirmation. He wanted people to love him. He didn't want to be a disappointment. You know, perhaps he's trying to make up for some failures or some lack of love in his past. I mean, let's face it. This guy's family of origin was a little bit of a mess. Talk about a guy with father issues. And maybe he was just looking for some affirmation, and this is the way I'm gaining it. I don't know. I know this. We all have hidden things in our hearts that limit our potential. And we all need to empower and give permission to some Jethro's, some wise mentors, some counselors, some pastors, some trusted friends that are skilled in helping us discover the hidden things of our heart, bring them to the surface, and get them exposed to God's light. Get them out of the darkness and into the light. We need people to help us with that. Those hidden things are keeping us from the greater things that God wants to do in our lives. You know, for years and years and years, I minimized, I avoided, I buried hidden wounds and pains and lies, and they were having a deep impact on my view of God, on my view of myself, on my view of others. It was distorted. It was, a, it was, it was impacting the way I handled things emotionally. And I had to empower, I had to invite, I had to give permission to some Jethro's in the form of counselors 
and trusted friends, pastors, to come into my life and begin to help me discover those hidden things and bring them to the surface so I could be free. Because when I empowered others, I actually empowered myself. See, here's what this window can look like when we empower others. All of a sudden, our lives expand. Hidden things are reduced. Blind spots are reduced. Our unknown potential is becoming known. Through empowering others, unknown potential becomes our reality. The greater things that are waiting out there for us become the greater things that we're experiencing in life when we empower other people. Who are your Jethro's that you're empowering to help you with your blind spots and your hidden things? Do you have a grace group? Are you you with a small group of people that you can trust, that you can share your life with, and you can empower them to show you hidden things and blind spots and help you with that? Or maybe just a couple people within your grace group that you can go to and say, hey, man, can we get together? Hey, can we just have coffee uh, and just get together and I can start sharing some things? I want to give you permission to start looking into my life a little deeper. Maybe it is a counselor. Maybe it is a pastor. Maybe it's a wise mentor. I don't know. But you got to find somebody. Because empowerment is permission, and empowerment is potential. And finally this, empowerment is prioritizing. Empowerment is prioritizing. You see, there were greater things that God wanted to do with the nation of Israel, and we're going to see it in the coming chapters. But he had to take a pause right here and use Jethro to help reset some things for the nation of Israel. They, were, they weren't ready for the greater things. They needed some things worked out. There are some small matters that needed to be reevaluated so the great matters could be given attention that they deserved. Moses needed help in resetting his priorities. Remember the advice, get yourself somebody who can be over thousands, over hundreds, over fifties, and over tens. Use these people. He says, and let them judge the people at all times. And every great matter they shall bring to you, but any small matter they shall decide themselves. You see, Moses had gotten things twisted up. Through empowerment, though, through empowering others, Moses could make less decisions, have less control, but was able to give priority to greater things. Are we empowering things in our life that should not have power? Have we allowed the small matters, the small things of life to take priority over the great matters of life? See, Moses got it twisted. He had made the small things great and the great things small. Every day, Moses had a line of things waiting for him. What is your line of things? Because every day we wake up and we've got this line of things waiting for us, don't we? These priorities. I'm not saying they're not important. I'm not saying they're not necessary. But are they the greater things? Have we sacrificed the greater things for the smaller things? See, because God wants to do greater things in our life. God wants to do spiritual things, kingdom things, eternal things, but sometimes we can't get to those things because we've got a line of small things consuming our life. I'm talking about greater things, man. I'm talking about the greater things like a relationship with Jesus Christ, not just knowing him as Savior, not just coming to church, actually having a relationship with God that takes time where we get in God's presence, where we're spending time with him, where we're intimate with him, where we're hearing his voice and he's hearing from us. We're taking time with that. But no, we haven't got time for that because you know what? All of these small things in life are taking up all my time. The one thing Jesus died for, the one thing Jesus poured out all of his blood for was to have a relationship with you and I. He wants you. He wants your time. He wants your heart. He wants to be face-to-face with you. He wants to enjoy you. He wants to delight in you. But we can't do that. Why? Because I've got all this line of stuff I've got to deal with it every day. And I'm too tired to spend time with God. I can't carve out enough time to spend with him. 
because the small things have taken priority over the greater things. Greater things like spiritual, meaningful relationships with other people, with our friends, with our brothers and sisters in Christ, with our spouse, with our kids. Ain't nobody got time for meaningful relationships and spiritual relationships with other people. I got too many small things consuming my life away. Heck, man, forget about a meaningful relationship. I can't even have a meaningful conversation with you. Why? Because I got this small thing binging me constantly. There's a line of small things within this small thing that keeps coming at me. I can't even sit down and eat dinner with you without having a phone out and just being face-to-face and having a meaningful conversation. Go to restaurants today after church. Look as you walk by and see families just sitting, looking at their phones, not speaking a word to one another. Have we sacrificed the greater things for the small things? Greater things like making disciples, like telling people about Jesus, eternal things, things that make a difference for eternity. Have we sacrificed those? I can't invest my life in other people in Christ. I've got too many things to do. Will any of these things last for eternity? I can't give, giving, giving to eternal things, giving to the church, giving to something that might have an impact for eternity in people's lives. I, don't have to, I can't give to that because I've got too many smaller things eating my finances away. Have we sacrificed the greater things for the small? Empowerment is prioritizing. See, Jethro said, if you do this, God will direct you. And the people will go their way in peace. God has greater things in store for you. The key is empowerment. Today, choose to empower God in your life. Choose to give him permission to take over your life, your finances, your time, your talents. Choose to surrender that to him. Today, choose to empower some other people to come into your life and help you carry the burden, to help walk through this journey of life with you. Choose today to make a priority out of kingdom things, the greater things. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, if you're not a God follower, can I just implore you, choose today to empower God, to invite him, to give him permission to save your soul. Ask him in this moment right now, right wherever, just right in this moment, say, God, listen, I can't do this. I can't do this life on my own. I certainly can't get to heaven on my own. There's no amount of good works or righteousness that's going to make me righteous. It's about what you did on the cross. And I want to make you my Lord. And I want to make you my Savior. I'm giving you permission to save my soul. If you do that in this moment, he will meet you right here with his grace and his love and his forgiveness. Empowerment. Would you pray with me? Father, we are grateful, so grateful for your love, so grateful for your kindness, so grateful for your desire to work in our lives, so grateful that you've given us a gift of empowerment. And God, I pray that we would empower you right now, inviting you, giving you permission over our hearts, over our minds, over our souls, those areas in our life that need to be given up. I pray that we would give them to you. And God, for those of us who need to begin empowering other people to come into our lives and help us with this journey, uh, God, may we decide that right now. And for those who don't know you, God, may they make a choice today, right in this moment, 
to invite you into their heart, to give you permission over their life. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you have questions or would like to contact us for prayer, please email us at info at visitgracechurch.com. For more information about our ministries, location, and service times, go to visitgracechurch.com.